Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. Today's passage is Galatians 1. Today we start a new book of the Bible, the book of of Galatians. And you will see from the get-go, it has somewhat of a serious tone because it is talking about something very serious. It's talking about the gospel, and it's talking about people who are being tempted to believe a different gospel. And that was serious then, and it is still serious now. Because just like when Paul is writing the book of Galatians, today there are people being tempted, being called to believe a different gospel. And it's just as serious now as it was then. And we're going to see some of that seriousness in chapter 1. And hopefully it'll help us to think seriously about this as we get into the book of Galatians. From the get-go, notice how Paul starts, Paul, an apostle, not from men nor through man, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead. Paul starts by asserting his authority by highlighting that he is an apostle and he wasn't made an apostle by any man, but that he was made an apostle through Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead. And you're going to see how important that idea is and, and why Paul is asserting his authority. He's not just starting by calling himself a, a bond slave um, or something like that. He, he is emphasizing, I'm an apostle. And not an apostle because somebody made me an apostle, but an apostle because Jesus Christ made me an apostle. And he is writing to the churches of Galatia. Now, that wouldn't have been one specific church. That would have been the churches in a a region of what would now be modern-day Turkey. And he gives a somewhat standard introduction. And one thing I love about this particular introduction is the way it describes what, what Christ has done for us. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to deliver us from the present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. What a beautiful depiction of the gospel, that Christ gave himself for our sins to deliver us from the present evil age. But now he's going to get right into it. This is a pretty sudden greeting. If you read Paul's letters, lots of times there's a lot here at the beginning, uh, just that's affectionate and hey, remember this and I'm thanking God for you in my prayers. Listen to how this one starts. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Whoa. No, oh man, I'm so thankful for you guys. Or, oh, I'm always praying and remembering you guys. No, I am astonished. And astonished at what? That they are deserting really the true gospel for a different gospel. And then he goes on to clarify, not that there is another one, but there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. 
And that's what you're going to see throughout the letter. And the theme of this letter will be similar to what we saw in the book of Romans, uh, justification by faith. It is not by our works that we are saved. It is through faith. That's going to be a theme that we see here in the book. But you see, there are people who want to distort the gospel of Christ. And that's what I want to warn you about. People will still do that today. But then he comes to this clear line. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a contrary gospel to the one we preach to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say it again. If anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you received, let him be accursed. So clear. Even if an angel shows up to you and preaches a different gospel, don't listen to the angel. Let him be accursed. What you have is the true gospel. Don't stray from it. It's actually a verse I think is helpful if you're uh, talking with a, a Mormon who's trying to say, especially as they do now so often, oh yeah, we, we believe the same thing. I'm so glad you guys believe in Jesus just like we do. No, no, we believe in a different gospel. And even the story of Joseph Smith and the angel coming and giving to him some of these revelations. No, even if an angel comes and proclaims a different gospel, let him be accursed. There is one gospel, one gospel. And as we see here, Paul will defend the biblical gospel. And just some things before we come back to that thought, that's really what he is emphasizing in the rest of the chapter, because then he's going to kind of go off into a longer story. And if you're wondering, how does this all fit in? That really verse 11 helps clarify, for I would have you know, brothers, that the gospel that was preached by me is not man's gospel. And that's really the whole whole rest of the chapter is following up on that one verse, just showing them this isn't man's gospel. It's not like I got saved and then went and conferred with other men to figure out what the gospel is. No, Christ taught me the gospel. And then uh, when I was uh, talking to the other apostles, we were all talking about the same thing. So this isn't something I came up with. This isn't something that anybody else came up with. This isn't man's gospel. This is God's gospel. And if anyone comes proclaiming a different gospel, let him be accursed. I want to warn you today, there will be people that try to come to you and proclaim a different gospel. Even the gospel that we see here uh, today, there will be people that try to convince you of, of some element of works in our salvation. Really, I'd say that's what sets biblical Christianity apart from every other religion in the world. I already mentioned the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, or if you think about the Roman Catholic Church, uh, or really any other cult or any other religion, even ones that wouldn't really have Christ being involved, um, they're going to teach some form of human achievement that leads to salvation, where biblical Christianity is going to hold clearly, no, we are saved by grace alone. That is why we are saved. That is what is distinct even about Christianity. And today people will come and I really want to make it about your works. And if you try hard enough and you do these things, then you'll be saved. Or some people even want to make baptism as, oh no, that's the thing you do that gets saved. No, it is faith in Christ. And that is what we will see. But there are so many uh, cultural counterfeits today. 
Today, so often people even are, are led astray from the biblical gospel by their own feelings, by their own experience, along with the culture, into all kinds of things that aren't biblical. And if they're not biblical, matching up with the, the gospel that we see here, they, they should be accursed ideas. Here's a few things I want you to watch out for today, cultural counterfeits in our day and age. And as we look at these, I think you'll recognize them and be like, oh yeah, I have seen these things. One is this idea of I've always been a Christian. That concept, and you'll hear people say that, it reflects such a cultural confusion about Christianity. We live in a nation even where most people would consider themselves Christian. And that's where we even need to be reminded Christian isn't really uh, a term that's used that often in the Bible. What are we really talking about? I think when you and or I would say Christian, we're talking about somebody that's truly saved. Yeah, most people are throwing out that word and they're not truly saved. So there is so much confusion and even people thinking that it's a possibility. Oh, I've always been a Christian. No, Jesus said, you must be born again. We need to watch out for that cultural confusion. In our day and age, there's also this big idea of easy believism, which really is presenting the gospel in a way that oversimplifies key concepts of the gospel and downplays the weight of repentance and faith. Kind of just summarizes, well, if you just repeat these words after me, you're in, without really emphasizing what is the meaning of those words. Even if those words you're repeating are good, do you really understand the concepts of repentance and faith? And is that what's really going on in your heart? Jesus didn't really present the gospel that way. He said things like, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. That's pretty intense. Not just, yeah, if you repeat this formula after me, you're good. Um, what we also think, I just think of repentance and faith and the link that those two words have in the New Testament. And I think often people try to have one without the other today. They, they want to have faith, um, but I don't really want to turn from my sin. I want to come to church on Sunday and raise my hands and weep as I worship, but then I'm just going to go live like I've always lived and just thank God for His grace. Well, that is not a biblical gospel. And we'll see some elements of that in Galatians as well. But also there's people who want to have some kind of repentance without faith and even going to church, reading the Bible, um, being involved in a small group. Those are all things that they are doing to turn their life around. And it's not really revolving around Jesus. It's, I need to get my act together. Well, Jesus is the only one who can get our act together. So watch out, even in your own thoughts, or as you talk to other people, because they'll say good things. Yeah, I need to stop doing all these sins in my life, and I need to go to church. I need to do all these right things. I mean, that's not wrong. But if you're not hearing them talk about Christ as their Savior, that should be a red flag in your mind. Obviously, we also have the prosperity gospel in our world. Uh, if you just follow Jesus, and if you give enough money to my ministry, well, then God will bless you with health and wealth. And I hope you can see how distorted and perverted that is to take some biblical 
truth that we even talked about just recently in 2 Corinthians and twisting it and using it really for your own advantage and to the detriment of others. And also we live in a world where there's so much that calls itself the gospel. There's so much trying to baptize itself in Christian terminology. You think of the progressive gospel. It's all about love and inclusion. Well, I'm all for, I guess you could say love and inclusion, but who's defining those terms? If God is defining those terms, I am in. I am all in on love and inclusion as defined by God. I am out on love and inclusion as they are defined by our progressive culture. Uh, They're they're taking concepts and turning them on their head. And we need to watch out for those as Christians. The gospel is still seeking to be, as it says here, distorted today. And we need to watch out because the stakes could not be higher. What is more important, especially as Christians and as churches, to know what the gospel is and to proclaim it clearly? So our ears need to perk up as we get into Galatians. And you need to watch out because you will be tempted by a distorted gospel. And no doubt you will have friends that are as well. And so we, like Paul, need to stand up for the truth of the biblical gospel. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out revivalfromthebible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.